Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Reese. In a world of deception, we want to help you discover true answers. Hey, welcome everyone to True Answers Podcast with Rob and Reese. So we've been doing a, a series on what the church is, so I'm glad we're uh, able to continue that. Actually, this will be the, the completion of that series. So, so far we've talked about the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the children of God, and the vine and the branches. And today we're going to be wrapping up with the mission of the church today and moving forward. So I'm pretty excited about that, Reese. Yeah, uh, it's going to be really cool. So um, like what you just said, we're talking about the church um, today and moving forward. I thought it'd be kind of cool to start in um, the book of Acts and talk about the early church and maybe compare and contrast a little bit on what the church looked like then and then what the church looks like today. Um, But we do want to say, starting off, that the core mission of the church has not changed. Um, I will say that maybe some... Traditions and cultural influences have changed how we um, operate as a church today versus back then. Uh, so to, to take on that, the uh, mission of the church, you know, the Lord Jesus gave us a commission, the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. And so that is still in effect today, and it's to, to, to teach the whole gospel to the whole world. Right. Um, so, yes, that's the core mission, and that, that part doesn't change. But let's start. In Acts, the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, So this was, the reason why I read this one, Rob, is because this is the birth of the church. Uh, So we know, like reading in Acts chapter 1, why they were in Jerusalem. Um, They were supposed to go there and wait to be endued with power from on high. And this was that promise. Jesus also said, you know, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send a comforter to you. And this is the comforter coming. Um, So I just wanted to read that for context. Um, But then a couple other things that happen in Acts chapter 2 is really cool. I know we like to talk about Acts chapter 2, verse 38, um, because this is the, the keys to the kingdom. Peter, uh, Jesus gave Peter the keys. I'll read that too, because this is the first part of the first message that was ever preached in the new church. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So when we're talking about the, how the mission of the church hasn't changed, this is part of that mission is preaching that message because that's um, a piece of the gospel. That's the way of salvation. Yeah. Okay, so all of that was context. The thing that I thought was really cool, and this is something that the new church, uh, well, not the new church, but the, the early church, when it was born, this was something that they did that's maybe a little bit different. We still do it, but it's a little different in the way that we do it today. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse... Uh, 42, um, we'll just say through 44. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. 
Um, so I brought up that scripture because uh, right there it talks about how much interaction they had. Because like today, I mean, we have life groups, right? Yeah. Which happen, you know, they can happen any night during the week. Right. So you can be as involved or not as involved as you want to be. True. So the difference that I wanted to point out and maybe talk to you about it for a little bit is how often the church met. Oh, sure. Because the early church, um, there's a couple other scriptures that I didn't bring today just for sake of time uh, that talk about how they would meet house to house like on a daily basis. Right. They would like eat meals together every day and, you know, what do you think has changed? Well, I think what's amazing is we're kind of starting to get back into that with the quarantine thing going on mm-hmm. because every day someone is sharing the gospel on YouTube or Facebook mm-hmm. and there, there are people daily sharing bread and daily getting into the word. And it's right. really an example of, oh, I should be getting into this daily, you know, yeah. for, for some people that it has only been an hour every Sunday where they thought about God. I mean, now it's, if they're looking for it, they can find it every day right. and start to get fed and start to feed themselves. And we can really grow as a church in this time. So I think in the past and with, you know, some traditional churches with that are focused on religion and not so much on Jesus, mm-hmm. um, I, think, I think now is a time where that's, that's going to change. Do you think that we're... Um that we're, I know you said that we're kind of transitioning back to that model. Do you think that's going to continue after quarantine is lifted? And I what are your thoughts? I think for the real believers, yes. Yeah. I think for those that are tares but look a little bit like wheat, they, uh, they are going to be eventually sifted out, you know. Sure. That's hmm. kind Inter- of my thought. Interesting thought. I think, um, I think with technology it's made it so much easier like what you're talking about um you can pretty much find preaching or bible studies or whatever as often as you want i think the difference though um between the early church and that right like having access to it is that um that was true interaction between believers right like that was the body ministering to it to one another and interacting with one another whereas don't get me wrong it is a really good thing to be like watching uh preaching or listening to godly podcasts and things like that but that's not necessarily interacting with the rest of the body it's more like edifying yourself which is a good thing and you need that but then to like reciprocate and be in a place um to be able to like be ministered to and to minister to others, um, that might be a little different. And I think the closer that we get to Jesus coming back, which, I mean, it could be before I finish this sentence, right? right? Like, yeah. it is that close. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see more and more gathering together because there's going to be such a desire to see what God's going to do at the, at the very end that we all want to be a, a part of it. And to continue to encourage one another. Cause another thing is that I think that, um, uh, that there's probably going to be some more persecution towards Christians in the church. Like we're blessed. We live in the United States. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So like we don't experience it to the degree that, you know, believers in China do, for example. Um, but there's probably going to be some increasing aggression towards the church. And we may be driven together once again for that reason, for comfort and um, like sanctuary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of all the outside persecution. That's just a thought that I have. It hasn't happened yet, but who knows? Yeah, it could. I, I totally agree. I think that in the past we hadn't been as uh, diligent in meeting regularly as the early church had been. Mm-hmm. But listen to this in Hebrews ten twenty five: Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Mm. Yeah. So I agree. Right. As it gets closer and closer, yeah. we're going to get more... And more and more involved. Right. Because we see it happening now, and it's now is the time. Right. And you brought up an interesting point about the wheat and the tares, is that we're in the end times. And this is going to be the point where those who are living for God on the fence um, will eventually be, the fence is going to collapse underneath them, and, you know, they're going to end up on one side or the other. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're definitely at that point, and... When we see that, like people falling out of church, because it's not just going to be like, you know, Mrs. Smith that sits on the pew, right? Like we've already seen it with pastors having moral failures and falling away. And like it's going to be, and I think when we see those things, it's easy to get discouraged, which is why that scripture again is so important too, is you have to edify one another. Because I know I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I've been through a couple church splits, like major church splits where the pastor had some kind of moral failure and that's not fun. And it's easy to just say, well, if he failed, I'm going to fail. So I might as well not live for God. You know, like it's yeah. when you're in that place yeah. mentally, that thought starts to seem kind of attractive. Um, so we definitely, the, the point is we need to be edifying one another. Yeah. Another thing that I've been thinking about is how, you know, the latter rain will be greater than the former rain. Mm-hmm. And also, Haggai 2.9 talks about the final glory of this house will be greater than the first. Yeah. So, um, Lee Stoneking talks about, you know, the, the amazing wonders in the book of Acts. It should mm-hmm. be seven times greater at this end wow. time. That would so, be insane. <laughs> so we better tap into what the Lord's doing here. Yeah. And we'll see some amazing things. Yeah. What do you propose... Um, that the church needs to do moving forward. And right, like we're just two guys that are having a conversation. So <laughs> so I'm just curious as to what you see uh, opportunities in. Yeah, I think we need to, you know, everybody, you've heard everybody needs a Barnabas, a Paul, and a Timothy. Mm-hmm. I think we do need to invest in people that are hungry, you know, invest in the Timothys. And I think we do need to look for mentors who can pull us up higher and say, what's the next level that God can use me in? Because if we stay where we're at, we're only as effective as we are. But if we can remove some of ourselves and let Jesus move more in us, you know, there's no telling what can happen. Yeah. Um, I think one thing is uh, having some kind of life group program. So we have one at our church, and actually – Rob, you're the life group director. Um, But I think the cool thing is that we've seen a lot of churches, at least in our area, the ones that we're exposed to, um, have a desire to move in that direction. Like 
you know, we, we brought up the book of Acts. It says they met house to house and they were like constantly had these like touch points with one another where they were, you know, checking in, talking about the word of God and, and you know, doing all this stuff. Um, and a lot of churches in our area are moving back to that instead of having the traditional, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night services. It's more like we have Sunday service and then we have all these life groups that you can be a part of. And some of them are on Monday, some Tuesday, some Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Mm -hmm. And that gives you the opportunity. Like I mentioned earlier, you can be as involved as you want. Yeah. Right. So like, if you know, you need extra accountability, sign up for a couple of life groups. Right. And then you can have those extra touch points and they don't all necessarily have to be in person. Like you do a Wednesday night Bible study. Mm -hmm. That's all Facebook live. Right. Um, but just to have that, um, to continue to have that, foster that uni unity. And actually that brings up another point that I have, was in the book of Acts, a lot of what they accomplished were due to the fact that they had extreme unity. Yeah, we need that. Right, so they were like, it says multiple times in the book of Acts, they were with one accord. When the Holy Ghost was poured out, Acts chapter 2, you know, I just read it, Right at the beginning, it says they were all in one place with one accord, and then there came a sound from heaven, right? It was like unity that drove that. Uh, I believe it was the unity that it was going to happen, right? Like the Holy Ghost was going to be poured out, but I believe that because they were unified in that moment, that's what, that was the catalyst that caused it to happen was unity. Yeah. And then there's a couple other times in the book of Acts that miracles happened, and it mentions they were with one accord. Yeah. Um, but do you think we're at that level of unity as a church, not just organization, but as the church today? I think we've, uh, that has deteriorated much so since the birth of the church. And that's why we've had, why we have so many different Christian religions and so mm -hmm. many different denominations within those buckets. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's, I think there's a lot of things that men have put in the church that aren't necessarily religion, what in God, other words. Yeah, like, what God would endorse. Right, religion and traditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think it's important for us to get back to what God is saying mm. and to get in tune with him and get in tune yeah. with the, the true prophets. How do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> These are some deep philosophical yeah. questions today. Yeah. But how do we get to a point where we have unity like that? Well, when, you, uh, when there's a leader who's following God, so you have to discern some of that and make sure people are trustworthy and have the right motives and are following the Lord. Um, but to have unity, you need to either agree or submit. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's I how you have unity. I remember um, somebody describing uh, submission as... Um, how, uh, what did I say? Submission is not when you agree, but it's when you disagree. Yeah. And you decide to, you know, put your will underneath what God wants to do. Right. Because that's what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He actually prayed, let this cup pass from me. He didn't want to go through the crucifixion. His flesh didn't want to go through that. Right. But then he followed up and said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I think that's a lost art, submission. Because yeah. a lot of times we have a disagreement and just part ways. That's like, okay, well, my pastor does 
this and I don't agree with it, so I'm going to a different church. Especially I'm leaving. The United States today is yeah. like, uh, nope, I'm doing it my way. Right. And it's like having healthy dialogue around topics that we disagree on is kind of a lost art because mm-hmm. really it's like an argument, yeah. right? Nobody truly debates anymore. You know, and I, and I mean debate as in like you talk about your viewpoint, I'll talk about mine, and we'll, you know, figure out if we can come to common ground or not. That doesn't have anymore. It's all just arguments now, even right. politics. Everybody just argues. They don't want to listen. They just want to be heard, and it's, it's bad. It but that happens in the church too, and that's yeah. why, to your point, we have so many denominations is at some point people had a disagreement, and instead of talking out, seeking the word to see what the truth is, they just said, okay, well, you believe that, and I'm going to go do my own thing and believe something else. Doesn't flesh get in the way of unity? Yes, every time. Every time. And actually, Scripture says, too, that Satan sows discord, yeah. which is disunity, yeah. right? Like, that's what he enjoys, is things not being unified. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we do need some, <laughs> we need some major growth in the area of mm-hmm. unity, but... I'm believing for it. Amen. Because, I mean, you know, when Jesus ascended, he basically told the guy has left, his disciples, it's all up to you. Right. It's all yours now. Yeah. So, I mean, in this age, it is up to the church. Right. To do the work of God on the earth. Right. Because as pastor said, Jesus laid the foundation, and now the church has to build upon that foundation, which is Jesus Christ, who is the Word made flesh, thus the Word of God. Yeah. So there was a a vision that my mom had that she shared with me that I thought was worth talking about. And it was of the church being a slingshot where a rock was put in it and the slingshot was stretched. And that's Mm. the time we're in now, this time of quarantine and riots and whatever challenges are coming our way, it's a stretching Mm -hmm. and we're going to be released and there's going to be a great harvest. Nice. Yeah. We're going to be effective. The church is going to be effective when it's stretched and released. Yeah. That's cool, because um, definitely during this period of stretching, I think the church as a whole has learned a lot, um, and I think just from like our local assembly, I can speak from that, you know, because we're both part of the leadership team. Uh, I think we've learned how to connect with people the way that we should be. I'm talking like social media stuff. Um, we never, you know, put out like our services as like video format we never like did them live or you know it was always released post as like a podcast or whatever but we implemented that during this um quarantine time uh we've beefed up our social media we've beefed up like how we're talking about life groups and getting people connected and stuff um so i think that stretching has shown us different paths that we can take different methods you know what I mean because like the message stays the same like we talked about the message that we preach never changes but sometimes the methods have to change depending on like when we're in quarantine we can't just have services on a Sunday it's like you got to do something else right so we change we we evolve in that way and I think that's helped us so going back to that vision I think all those things that we've learned through this time period and all the things that God has shown us and given us wisdom on is now going to allow us to propel, yeah. like releasing that slingshot. Yeah, the uh, the mediums that we have today for sharing and communicating are mm-hmm. unprecedented.
unprecedented. Right. And the gospel can go throughout the world. In like five minutes. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. So it's going to happen. Right. God's going to share that. I think he has, you know, a little bit more grace that he Mm -hmm. wants. He wants to see as many people in heaven as possible. Right. Fill up the table. Right. Fill up that table. Yeah. The Lord's not slack concerning his promise. Um, as I think that's second, is that second Peter? Maybe something. Um, but that scripture, yes, and he should perish, but all come to repentance. Yes. Yes. It's his desire that hell be empty and heaven full. Unfortunately, our free will gets in the way, um, sometimes, but, uh, yeah, so that was a couple things. Um, so we talked about the early church meeting on a daily basis, like, how that's different today. We don't quite do that, but as we're progressing and getting closer to Jesus's return, it seems like we're moving back towards that, especially with life groups and the ability to get together. You know, I think the life groups that I'm a part of were busy almost every night of the week, um, which is nice. But then another thing we talked about was unity, uh, how that we've kind of seen that deteriorate. um, And we're praying that God helps unify us, not just in our own um, quote-unquote Christian organization as the United Pentecostal Church International, but all denominations, all organizations, um, find places of unity and that God would just reveal truth um, to everyone. Because he does that. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a Mormon or a Methodist or Baptist or Pentecostal, if you're seeking truth, God's going to reveal it to you. Um, and through that truth, we can find greater unity. But then you also mentioned that um, that vision your mom had about the slingshot. And I think we've learned a lot um, during the time of stretching yeah. to help us get there. I think it's important that we're motivated by love. Mm-hmm. We're um, preaching the word right. and being led by the Spirit. Amen. Because God transcends every culture and age and technological barrier and whatever. God transcends that, um, and he understands the times we live in, right? He understands that it's not the same as when the, when the Bible was written or when these events happened. He knows that, yeah. right? And he don't just leave us high and dry, and he's like, well, this is, this, we've never been in this type of culture before, so, you know, do your thing, do whatever. It's an no, exciting he don't do that, right? The church. He's got extra favor. Right. It's, he's going to do things he's never done before. Amen. It's it's pretty exciting. The stakes are higher than ever, mm-hmm. but the reward is is very alluring. Right. <laughs> Not well, in this life, but in the next. It's going to be amazing. Right. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up. So thank you guys so much for joining us on another edition um, of True Answers. And as always, God bless and keep seeking for those true answers. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of True Answers. Rob and I have really enjoyed bringing this type of content to you. And we also wanted to let you know that you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other place that you receive your podcasts from. Thank you so much. God bless you and keep seeking for true answers.